From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. This week, good news about New York City's economy. Median household incomes are up, and the poverty rate is down. These latest figures from the census couldn't have come at a better time for Mayor Bill de Blasio's re-election campaign. Having handily won the Democratic primary, he's now ready to take on his Republican opponent, Nicole Maliotakis. And you can bet the mayor will point to the health of the city's economy. Taking on inequality is working. Uh, We've got a lot more work to do. I'm convinced of it. But this is the right path. Joining me to take a closer look at this are Greg David, columnist at Crane's New York Business, and Sally Goldenberg, senior reporter for Politico New York. And Greg, from the beginning, de Blasio has campaigned on this theme of inequality. I've spoken throughout this campaign about a tale of two cities. That inequality, that feeling of a few doing very well, while so many slip further behind, that is the defining challenge of our time. After nearly four years, are we a little less tale of two cities? Uh, yes, we're a little less tale of two cities. Of course, we were never the tale of two cities he suggested, so let's make sure that's clear. Bill de Blasio came into office under the best circumstances of any mayor in either 30, 40, 50, or 100 years, depending on who I talked to. He did so because the economy recovering from the 2008-9 recession was gaining great momentum. Today, he has the most wonderful New York economy in at least 50 years. On a scale of 1 to 10, the only question in my mind is whether it's a 9 or a 9.5. So a lot of this, in a way, was just good timing, a little bit of luck, and he may not deserve as much credit as he would like to take for it? Well, mayors have some influence on the economy, but only some. The way I like to formulate it the best is, despite his rhetoric and despite uh, the campaign he ran, he has done nothing to screw it up. The economy has thrived, and we are at record job levels again. We earlier in the year had the lowest unemployment rate since they've been keeping statistics. We have more New Yorkers with jobs than ever before. We have more New Yorkers in the workforce as a percentage than ever before. We have a construction boom underway. I'll stop now, but I could go on. (laughs) Well, Sally, a signature of the de Blasio administration has been the fight to provide more affordable housing. And you hear the mantra all the time of, 200,000 units in 10 years. So how is he doing on that promise? Well, by his own standards, he's doing well. He's met his uh, annual goals he set for himself. I think he's financed the construction of about 78,000 in three years. He has recently added a significant amount of money to the plan, close to $2 billion, to make it more affordable. Well, there was a real concern among real estate developers when he won. What has his relationship with them been like? I think that the Real Estate Board of New York, which speaks, you know, for a fairly large segment of the development population, is pretty happy with him. There are individual developers I talk to who don't like his rhetoric or feel it's antagonistic, but I think overall they're pretty content. Greg, if you're the mayor's opponent, Maliotakis, where do you think he is falling short when it comes to dealing with the economy? Well, I don't think she has much ground to cover there. I think that's why there was no major challenge in the Democratic Party, and I don't see how you can argue the economic question at all. What you have to do as a candidate is say it's not his doing, that it's the doing of things that Michael Bloomberg put in place, and I think there's a fair amount of credibility to that. So she can't run on the economy. She's just got to say that it's not his doing and say we'll find some other issues to run on. 
if it's not his doing or he doesn't have as much influence as he would like, have you seen a, a shift in his economic message in this current campaign? Well, I think there's been a shift in the administration. I don't think he talked about this at all in the beginning. He was coming off the tail of Two Cities campaign. But starting about a year and a half, two years ago, he started to talk about the economy more and obviously take credit for it more. He did announce a big jobs plan, but no one I've talked to has anything good to say about it. And there isn't much detail in it at all. But, you know, we're of a burgeoning tech sector that's making us possibly the number two tech sector in America. Our tourism industry, despite the challenges of the Trump travel ban and the ups and downs of the dollar, continues to grow. We're going to set another record this year. Colleges and universities are going to pass 150,000 jobs sometime this year. Just in 2001, they only employed 100,000 people. And then there's the film and movie production industry that New Yorkers are a little crazed about because they seem to be shooting TV shows all over the city. Those four industries, all of which have pretty good-paying jobs, have diversified the city's economy, so we've never been less dependent on Wall Street. Not that Wall Street isn't the most important industry still, but it is less important than it has been since early in the 1980s. And you know, that's a great accomplishment, whoever did it. So Sally, is all of this economic growth and these jobs, is it sustainable? Yes, I think it is. I think New York sort of fared better kind of all along than the rest of the country after the recession. I think the the growth in general, certainly in the housing market, is probably going to slow down a bit, but that's not necessarily, you know, a sign of danger. It's a sign of, like, you know, something to watch. It doesn't mean another recession is around the corner, but, you know, I think things are slowing. But I think the reason that job growth could be sustainable is that these are generally lower-paying jobs that are being created. A lot of the job growth, and this has come up in reports that the Comptroller has put out, Cranes has written about this, a lot of the job growth is in the hospitality industry, the leisure industry, and these people generally don't make too much money. They're salaries that aren't necessarily helping people afford homes in New York or afford just the high cost of living in New York. Greg? The story of New York is is that each recession we have experienced since the 80s has been milder and shorter than the last one. And the most recent recession was the shortest ever. We're now in the second longest expansion in New York City's history. Good times always come to an end. I don't know what it will be, and I don't know how severe the results will be, but these good times will come to an end. Well, on that note, Greg David is a columnist at Crane's New York Business and the director of the Business and Economics Program at the CUNY Graduate School of Journalism. And Sally Goldenberg is a senior reporter for Politico New York, where she reports on housing, economic development, and real estate. Thank you both for joining. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC. 